And uh, I suspect that it will probably be helpful to you as well. Um, the text is printed for you there in uh, our little program. It's 2 Corinthians 13, uh, the very end of uh, Paul's uh, letter of love to the Corinthian church. So I'll read it. Finally, brothers, rejoice. Aim for restoration. Comfort one another. Agree with one another. Live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. So uh, these are Paul's final words. He starts all finally, brothers. And in some ways, these are my final words to you as well, grads. Um, you know, I will still be friends, but uh, most likely you will no longer uh, endure uh, 40-minute sermons for me that occasionally end in choked-up emotions. Um, you'll, you'll be free of that. Um, at least, I'm glad to be able to do this, and thank you for your words tonight. Um, Paul, I think, wants you to see two things here. And uh, the first is a, a call for you to rest in the rich love that God has for you. To rest in His rich love, the relationship that He has for you to enjoy. He begins uh, this little charge, this, this end, with, with the word rejoice. Finally, rejoice. And uh, you guys have known me for a long time. There may not be a more difficult commandment in all the Bible than this one for me. Um, it's, it's, the, it's the annual, hey, why don't you smile more? In my class, hey, why don't you buzz off? Uh, why don't you leave me alone? Um, because I think we know now, we've lived life long enough to know that joy is hard. Joy is this ethereal, temporary, hard to grasp, hard to track down. Once you get it, it slips through your finger kind of thing. It's hard to find, and once you have it, it's hard to keep. And uh, it's easy to lose. And Paul just almost flippantly says, Rejoice! And he has reason to command it. He's been laying it out for 29 long, good chapters why the Corinthians have a reason to rejoice. And uh, he also knows what to warn them of. For, for two letters now, he's been warning them, hey, there are other ways you look for joy in life. Let's talk about them. And, and they don't deliver. So he talks to them about uh, party affiliation. And I don't mean like going and partying, but like, Hey, if I just get into that group, hey, if I just become one of those people, I will arrive, I'll have joy, I'll be the kind of person I want to be. And Paul says, there's no, there's no lasting joy there. And then he talks about sex and pleasure because Corinth was full of that. And he says, there's, there's no lasting joy in, in your immorality. And then the temptation that people in Corinth have to be really smart, not just smart, but smarter than other people, to, to assume they're smarter and wiser than others. And Paul argues there's, there's no lasting joy or goodness for the community in that. And, uh, and then there are some who think, if I just have more powerful experiences, if I see more of the world, experience more, if I'm more gifted, if more awesome things happen to me, that makes me more awesome, I'll have greater joy. And Paul argues, in the end, none of these are going to bring you lasting joy. Instead, the, the path or the reality is that lasting joy becomes yours, not because you find it, but because someone brings it to you. That God the Father, through Jesus, has brought joy to you. And you look in the text here, and it's really remarkable. We had a God here of love and peace in verse 11. And when we dig in, we see in the last verse, the grace of the Lord Jesus, the love of God, the fellowship of the Spirit. What's being described is a relationship that God has within himself, Father, Son, and Spirit, that's been forever good, forever loving, forever peaceful, 
forever joyful. And out of the abundance of that love, it has overflowed toward us. He has brought that joy to us by, by realizing that the grace of Jesus is for me. His love is mine and I didn't deserve it. He gave his life for me out of love. That the Father's love is mine. That he loves me. That he desires me. That uh, he delights in me. That the Spirit is at work to draw me close. That I might have fellowship with the Father. This is the love of God for you. Father, Son, and Spirit pulling you into that beautiful community. Into that forever love. This is the steady rock of lasting joy that, uh, that can be yours. And, and the challenge, friends, is to do two things. To rest from all the other ways you look for joy in life. I'm not saying don't go be awesome. I'm not saying don't go join clubs. I'm saying don't seek your utter joy in them. Go be the wonderful people, the intelligent people, the wonderful people you're called to be. But realize your lasting joy is going to be found in this eternally good, loving relationship that God has brought you into, that is never going to change. Forever gracious, forever loving, forever with you um, in the Spirit. That's what God has promised. So uh, the interesting thing about this text is it's sort of backwards of what we expect. We are called to rest in God's love and to work hard to build relationships and community. The, the work of building community and love for others is hard work. And it's very counterintuitive. I think, actually, today we're wired to think just the opposite. That uh, if I'm going to enjoy God's love, I have to work really, really hard to meet his standards and please him. And then I'll know his love. And that's not the Bible. The Bible is, Jesus has done all the hard work that you could never do to be gracious to you, to meet the law's demands. So you would know his love and he could bring you in. And regarding community, we think it's not that hard to find a good community. All I have to do is find it. And, and Paul is saying, no, no, no. You can rest in his love. You can have his peace. But you have to work hard to love others. You have to work hard to love others. And you see this in our text here. Uh, rejoice. Okay. Rest in God's love. I'll rejoice. And now the hard work. Aim for restoration. In other words, you don't get the opportunity to give up on other people. You uh, have to strive to understand them. You have to forgive. And then when it's really difficult, you have to try again. You don't get to quit. Aiming for restoration and moving toward people. The goal is togetherness. The goal is love. Comfort one another. Move toward one another. Actually deeply care for others in a way that actually moves you just from like maybe some internal pity. Like, oh, you're, you're struggling. I care for you. No, actually, do something about it. Like, say something, move toward them, do something. That's what Paul is calling us to, to actually comfort one another. And think about the way you're comforted. Not in your vices, which is the way we usually comfort each other, or comfort ourselves. I'm going to escape and do what I do that makes me feel good. Or in our devices, or in our success. But actually comfort one another. Love one another. And agree with one another and live in peace. And this means, frankly, this will be the hardest thing here for some of you. Sometimes you have to be wrong. Or at least you can't always be right. For the sake of love. For the sake of agreement. For the sake of peace. Sometimes you have to say you're wrong. Sometimes you have to say it doesn't matter. But the love of the community sometimes is more important than having your way. Greet one another with a holy kiss. I uh, don't, don't necessarily encourage you to do that. 
Um, but I think the point is obvious. Paul is saying here, act like you're a family. You've heard this from your folks. Hey, we're a family. Act like it. And what they mean by that is like, don't beat each other up. Don't be mean to each other. But your folks probably actually wanted you to like actually care for one another, love one another. That's what Paul is saying here. Act like you love one another. Be affectionate. Care for one another. And you know what I'd say is we've seen that tonight. We've seen the care, the hugs, the tears, the emotion. That's not. That shouldn't be like a once in a four year kind of thing. It shouldn't. This is what it means to love one another. This should be part of our life together. That we actually deeply care for one another. So, and then lastly, act like you belong. And uh, you see this in, uh, about halfway through. Uh, Paul says, all the saints greet you. And what Paul is saying is, hey, as someone who's connected to the broader church throughout the world, I, I know like most of the churches at the point Paul could say that. He's saying, hey, everyone that knows Jesus knows about you and loves you. And that's a, that's a reminder to you that if you're in Jesus, you're part of his church. You belong. This is your home. This is your community. No matter where you go, back to Indonesia, Singapore, here, it's your home. These are your people. Uh, this is your family. And, uh, and act like you belong. Um, it's hard. Don't sit back and wait for it to happen. Don't wait for them to come to you and serve you. You're part of the family. Jump in. Get involved. So in Christ, you belong to a family for which Jesus died. You have a place. You have a place uh, for you, a family for you, and uh, that place actually is no longer here. That does make me sad. It really does. I really like you guys. I don't like saying goodbye, but I am good at it. Um, so, but this is not your home right now, but I am excited for you because you have one. Uh, you have a father that loves you and a family everywhere. And I would encourage you as you go to rest in his love and to work hard to work that love out in community with others. Uh, Make it your home. Make it beautiful. It's hard work doing this, but it's the work that Jesus is doing. This is the work Jesus is doing, bringing his people together, loving one another. And that's where you're going to find joy. All right. I'm going to pray and uh, then we're going to sing a song. Father, I thank you so much uh, for these students. I thank you 